أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله by Allah's fadl uh, I wanted to give some good news uh, which is that in addition to this dars on Sunday Inshallah, we'll also hold uh, we'll also hold uh, Maliki Fiqh Dars on Thursdays at the same time, seven o'clock. So anyone wants to come can come. Inshallah, uh, and you know, people say, "Well, will you upload things to the SoundCloud?" If class goes very badly or very well, then the answer is no. If it's mediocre in the middle, then uh, uh, then uh, then probably you can listen to it online as well. Uh, but uh, the people who come to Maliki Fiqh Darsh don't have to be Maliki. Oftentimes, because of lack of lack lack of customers, I've had to learn to cater to other people. So we'll read the Maliki Fiqh book. We'll mention the Masai al Khilaf. Anyway, it's it's good. It's befitting that the, the the differences of opinion should be mentioned because we don't live in a homogenous society, and I don't want people to get the idea that the entire Sharia is is a monolith. It's not Aqidah is, uh, but uh, but the Sharia is not right. You know monolith. You know what monolith means. What does it mean? It means literally, it means like one stone, right? Everyone. So, in that sense, well, Islam is not a monolith. Actually, have you actually been to Makkah Mukarramah before? There's something called the Hajar Aswad. It literally is a monolith. So, in that sense, yes, our aqaid is what holds us together, not just as the Ummah of the Prophet, وسلم, but in fact, every Ummah of guidance that the Anbiya Aleyhim has narrated, the Rasul said that the Anbiya Aleyhim are like brothers. Their, their, their mothers are different, but their, their father is the same. The father is what the the aqaid and the mother is like the metaphor for the shari. The rules may differ slightly, the fiqh may differ slightly, uh, but uh, but but the the father is the same, uh, the nasab is the same. So uh, yes, in legal matters, we're going to differ, and that's okay. And this should be a lesson for others also who sloganeer for quote unquote political Islam, in the sense that Islam has a very important mandated place in. Uh, in, in the political life of a Muslim, uh, that's good that there's something called political Islam, no matter what uh, cuss words the BBC or CNN will say uh, to people like that. But on the flip side, if a person thinks there's one thing called political Islam and politics is ever going to unite us, uh, that's not how that works. If fiqh doesn't even unite us, how is politics? If we're, we're united in the conception that we should all follow the sharia, even if we don't agree what that sharia is, and how we're going to follow that sharia that we don't agree upon, that's even but That's even more difficult for people to unite on. So if somebody has a different political opinion than you uh, about recent court cases uh, or whatever, like that's not a reason to cancel and it's a sin to like insult people and like to put them down because of things like that, even if you think they're wrong. Uh, because if fiqh is, I believe I'm right and I believe you're wrong, but it's possible that you're right and uh, it's possible that I'm wrong, then politics is going to be even further afield than that. Uh, obviously, uh, angry young people don't process these these things as well, and uh, I guess nuances become a cuss word nowadays. So let's leave it alone. And Sayyidina Abi Hurairah radiAllahu taala anhu, an Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam qala, rahimallahu rajulan qama min al layli fa salla wa iqad amraatuhu fa in abat nazha fi wajhiha al maa. رحم الله امرأة قامت من الليل فصلت وأيقظت زوجها فإن أبا نضحت وجهه الماء رواه أبو داود بإسناد صحيح. This is a very amazing hadith and uh, one that all I can say may cause certain people to uh, drink from sweet chalice of martyrdom one day, but. Still, it deserves to be mentioned, and the Rasul وسلم, said it. So, whoever doesn't like it, uh, that's their problem. That Sayyidina Abu Huraira who said, May Allah Ta'ala give mercy to a man who stands in the night and prays, and he wakes his wife. And if she refuses to wake, he spritzes, or possibly, depending on which meaning of the Nadaha can mean to spritz water. It can also mean to pour water, 
that he I think I believe from the siyak it's it's not the pouring uh, uh, and that's what Ibn Allah says a rasha that, that he spritz, spritzes water uh, uh, on her face uh, I think that's like nowadays I don't know I'm, uh, we have a lawyer here that's maybe does that count as like domestic violence uh, the water DV like spritzing water in someone's face <laughs> it, it's um, yeah it, it's battery is is it it's battery it's not right? Domestic battery. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't fit under domestic. It's battery. battery. It's battery. It's okay. Battery. And then in the hadith of the Prophet continues, "May Allah to have mercy on the woman, for all our angry young red-pilled brothers, uh, especially that have never been married before. Uh, may Allah to have mercy on a woman who stands in the night and prays, and wakes up her husband, and if he refuses." She spritzes water in his face. Obviously with love. Yeah, obviously with love. And uh, uh, interestingly enough, for whatever reason, I think that the, the, the sensibility of the age we live in is somehow it seems a little bit more negative for a man to do it to his wife because for so much of a history, it was the other way around. But here the Rasul Sallallahu mentions both of them and it's obviously not to put a person down. Um, so it requires a little bit of courage, I guess, for someone to do that to their spouse, so to, to do that for their spouse. But like children, children understand like if you're actually being sincere to them when you say something or if you're just being a faker, hopefully your spouse would understand. And uh, uh, furthermore, on the flip side, the one doing it needs courage. The one who's having it done to them needs to have a great amount of uh, uh, Sufic training in order to understand that this person is doing to me something that I don't like. It's acknowledged that it's painful because nobody likes to be woke up from their sleep. Um, but that they're doing it for my own good. It's actually for my own good. And, uh, uh, you know, yeah, if your husband is going to like fly into a blind rage and do something stupid, then by all means don't spritz his face with water and cause yourself problems. If your wife is going to go into a blind rage and like stab you, by all means, don't don't wake her up. You know, if it's going to cause like just harm way more than the benefit. But the hadith of the Prophet wasallam is his dua that if two people can love each other like that, like what a Mubarak thing that is. And that's the type of spouse that you should look for, amongst other things. It's not the only thing, but amongst other things you should look for. And those of us who are married, that's what we should aspire to and idealize. That uh, if our spouse should wake us up and we actually wake up, and if they should be willing to look after our akhirah uh, in the same way that, uh, you know, to, you know in, in a way that, that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense for your domestic tranquil tranquility in the short term. Um, that's a good thing in that sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, a little. Sugar? No, 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 no. No, yes and no, but uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, you know that's that's a good thing, in that sense, right? Your friend came over, you woke him up for, for fajr, right? That's what a good friend does. A bad friend will let their friend sleep through fajr. Why? Because on the day of judgment. It's not going to be a good thing. And then friends cuss each other on the Day of Judgment. They'll say bad words to each other on the Day of Judgment. Say, so why didn't you wake me up? Why didn't you stop me from doing bad? Why didn't you stop me from doing evil? Because that's what you do for the people you love. That's what you do for the people you love. وَعَنْهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُ وَعَنْ أَبِي سَعِيدِنِ الْخُدْرِيِّ الْأَنْصَارِيِّ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُمَا قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ uh, oh, uh, Another beautiful hadith narrated by Sayyidina Abu Hurairah uh, uh, from Sayyidina Abu Sa'id al Khudri uh, and as well. The, the two of them said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wasallam said, If a man wakes his his, his family. Here the word family is used as a metaphor for his wife because uh, figures of speech, there are many figures of speech that are not blunt but they're, uh, they're used euphemistically and although the sensibility of the age we live in 
doesn't seem to honor this fact, but in general, like exposing the women folk of your house was not considered a good thing. So it's a polite way of speaking. It's a meaning family, but it means wife. Uh, that if a, a man should wake his wife and the two of them pray uh, two rak'ahs, uh, or the two of them pray, or the two of them pray two rak'ahs together, um, then they will be uh, written uh, as from amongst the dhakirina, uh, uh, with dhakirat, those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and, uh, uh, the men who remember Allah ta'ala, and the women who uh, 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 remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah ta'ala said in his book, in the, uh, uh, in the Surah Al-Ahzab, I believe, that he, uh, he mentioned uh, the people that Allah Ta'ala prepared for them paradise, that their osaf, their, their attributes are what? With dhakirin Allah kathiran with dhakirat, the people who remember Allah Ta'ala abundantly, uh, the men who remember Allah Ta'ala abundantly, and the women who also remember Allah Ta'ala abundantly. This is a slight tangent uh, uh, that, that's worthy of mention here, which is what? which is that uh, dhikr, which is the lub, it's, the, 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 it's like the core of the point of basically every act of worship is to remember Allah Ta'ala. It's the, it's, it's the core of every act of worship, that they're all there to remind you of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala, he mentions, right, that, uh, the, that in the salat, وَلَا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ that one benefit of the salat is that it prevents a person from indecency and from sin. And indeed, greater than that benefit is what? Greater than that benefit is the fact that you remember Allah Ta'ala while you're doing it. This is one tafsir. The, this, this, the tafsir of this ayah actually goes quite deep and the point is not necessarily to go down that tangent but the, the, the point is, is what? Is that the Dhikr of Allah Ta'ala is the, 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 the lub of the act, uh, of every act of worship. So the fact that this type of salat it exemplifies dhikr to the point where a person will be, uh, uh, where a person will be written amongst the dhakirin for doing this, it's a big deal. Uh, another thing to remember from this, from this mention here is that somehow or another America seems to be like the, 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 the cult of a very interesting type of Islam that doesn't seem to exist uh, uh, throughout most of Muslim history and geography, which is what the idea that worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a lot is like considered some sort of bid'ah it's considered some sort of reprehensible innovation. Look, there's five times prayer is far that's it the Hanafis want to add witr on top of it. But for usuli purposes, they actually had to make an entire separate category of hukum because it couldn't make it into the haze of the hiyaza of, of, of the faraid. There are five fard prayers. You have to fast of Ramadan is fard. Is there any fast other than Ramadan that's fard? Is there any salat other than the five daily prayers that are fard? Which one? Well, okay, it's niyabatan an salat al But anything else other than that? Okay? The zakat is fard. Do you have to give at your masjid fundraiser? Even though the fundraiser gave like a really wonderful talk and whatever. Someone comes in like a big sob story at your door about how, you know, they're, they need money for like a dress so that, you know, so-and-so their cousin can get married and like, you know, a real sob story and whatever. And you really should give, but you don't want to. Do you have to? No, right? Hajj is far for the person who's able to do it. Do you have to go second time? Hajj is interesting, actually, because Hajj was kind of the, the, the trick question, right? Because you have to make, you can still blow off your your tawaf al-qudum and tawaf al-ifada and your hajj is still valid. So the only, the only salat that one can say is far the ayn on everybody is the two rak'ahs of tawaf from the Dua Falifada. But that's somewhat of a technicality. That's not the point of it. This is like more like impressing people at like parties, dinner parties type of thing, right? The point is, is what? There's, there's very few things that are far. So there's this idea that, there's this idea that uh, somehow if you do like more than what's far, you've fallen victim to a backwards type of understanding. 
which is itself a backwards type of understanding. And uh, someone might say, oh, well, you know, people say this, people say this, they'll come up to me, literally, uh, like people have come to me, or people with white hair have come to me and said, oh, this is all these things that you talk about, all this zikr and this and that, this is just the khurafat of the Sufis. This is all the khurafat of the Sufis. I said, I quoted you a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu what do you mean? Like, no, no, it's misinterpretation. I said, here, and I'll you know, open, a, open a canonical sharh of someone or another who can be accused of a lot of things, but not really of being Sufi in the whatever contemporary sense. Still, they deny it. It's something that they cannot digest. Okay, here's the proof of the Quran, right? You don't want to do it? I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to grab your hair and like punch you in the face if you don't like make more zikr or whatever, or if you don't wake up in the middle of the night. It's not part of the deen. However, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. This is, mashallah, where we've come to as a qawm. I don't want to say as a ummah because there are many parts of the ummah that are much better than us. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. Allah Ta'ala uh, give madad to everybody because of their, their, their mujahadat in His way. For us, mashallah, it's sufficient to be from the, uh, from the zuhad and ubad of the, of the qawm, just merely to acknowledge this. Just to acknowledge that this is a good thing. If you hear of somebody making a lot of ibadah and a lot of dhikr and things like that, you receive a small nasib. You're like invited to that party. You see, receive a small nasib of their wilaya. You receive a small nasib of their, their ajr. You get a tag along with the group of that person will bring you along with them just if you say this is a good thing. You don't, you don't have to do it yourself. You know, everybody, if they did it themselves, it would be better. It would be better for them. It's like Sheikh Amin, he always says this. He says, people say, oh, my Sheikh this, my Sheikh that, my Sheikh prays this much, and he fasts this much, and this is his zikr, and this is how much ilm he has, and this is how much taqwa he has, my Sheikh, blah, 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 right? And so he, he, he'd say that, yeah, the point is not to talk about your Sheikh. The point is to be that person. <laughs> That's a separate lesson. We'll talk about that later. But for now, mashallah, this is a good thing, right? The Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions that the person who does this, they're going to be written as one of the dhakirin Allah kathiran wa dhakirat. In order to understand the meaning of the hadith, the first basic understanding that you have to have is that that's a good thing. And after that, uh, you know, uh, doors open once you, once you accept things. وَعَنْ سَيْدَ عَيْشَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ عَنْهَا أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam قَالَ إِذَا نَعَصَ أَحَدُكُمْ فِي الصَّلَاةِ فَلْيَرْقُدْ حَتَّى يَذْهَبَ عَنْهُ النَّوْمُ فَإِنَّ أَحَدَكُمْ إِذَا صَلَّى وَهُوَ نَعِسٌ لَعَلَّهُ يَذْهَبُ يَسْتَغْفِرْ فَيَسُبَّ نَفْسَهُ مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ So Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that if one of you is tired, obviously you're going to be tired at that time in the morning, right? You're going to be tired. But the point is like you're so tired that it's very difficult. If a person, is, one of you is tired in his uh, prayer, let them rest uh, a, a bit until the edge of the, the, the tiredness is removed. The preponderant condition of sleep, sleepiness is removed from that person. Because one of you, if they pray while they're tired, uh, it's quite possible that they try to seek uh, forgiveness from Allah Ta'ala and they just end up cursing themselves. You mumble through, you mix words up, etc., etc. At that point, it's better for you in the Sharia to just get some rest, right? Uh, there may be a little bit of difference here between the farth and between the, uh, between the, uh, the non-farth uh, acts. You should try a little bit harder in the farth acts, but even the farth is forgiven at some point or another if you just don't have the capacity to like you know, you're, you're, no, you're no longer clinically sane because you're that sleepy or whatever. Um, and, which is not saying that just because you feel sleepy, I'm saying you're insane, you don't have to pray, right? The point is, is this, is that there is a point after which there's diminishing, diminishing return. Uh, and the point is not to kill yourself to do this, but, uh, but that makes it all the more difficult, right? Because if you have the option to sleep and you know when you're really sleepy, it's better to sleep, that line between being sleepy but having enough in you to actually get up and pray 
where you perceive that line is and where that actual line is, a lot of games get played with enoughs in that in that that gap between the perception and the reality of where that line is. And uh, this is, you know, this is one of the reasons that if there's, you can't force a person to be a Muslim. If they don't want to be a Muslim, they can grow up in the Muslimist household, Muslimist household in the world, and uh, they can still find a place in the hellfire if they don't want it. And this is another important lesson for people in life, both about deen and about the rest of life as well, is that we can do a lot for one another. We cannot bring talab to, for one another. You can't want something on someone else's behalf. You can pay for something for somebody. You can educate somebody. You can take them by the hand. You can carry them on your back. You can clothe them. You can feed them. But you cannot want something on their behalf. They have to, every person has to bring that themselves. And uh, uh, without it, it doesn't, it doesn't really work. And so that line in the middle, the only person who is going to uh, not fall victims to the, victim to the games of their own nafs, uh, in, in, in where that line is in the middle is the person who actually wants to wake up the person who actually wants to worship Allah Ta'ala the person who actually wants to be written from the zakirin and with uh, zakirat uh, and the person who doesn't really want it it will just uh, it will get lost in the wash وعن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا قام أحدكم من الليل فاستعجم القرآن على لسانه uh, uh, Again, these are the two, the last two, the last two hadiths in the bab of the virtue of the night prayer. And both of them have to do with when you should sleep, when you shouldn't, when you shouldn't wake up, when it's better for you to sleep, which is itself a sign of the, not just the moderation of the sunnah that such exi- hadiths exist, but also of the ulama of Imam Nawi rahimullah ta'ala that he's like, look, you should know that there's some rational set of parameters in which this, this thing functions. Without understanding what that is, you're not going to benefit from that thing. So he says, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, says that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that if, uh, if or when, I should say, one of you stands in the night and they're unable to... Pr- recite or pronounce the words of the Qur'an uh, uh, correctly. فَاسْتَعْجَمْ يَعْنِي فَالْتَبَسَ Right? Ujma is having a problem in your tongue that you can't speak properly. You can't speak in a way that people understand. The word a'jami in Arabic literally means a person who cannot speak Arabic properly. So you're not able to get it out. You're not able to say it properly. This happens from time to time. You know, you're out of breath. You're dizzy. You're sleepy. You know, there are times that you're stressed out. When you're really angry. When you're really overwhelmed by emotions. Uh, generally, if you're so angry that you cannot recite the Quran properly, it's a sign that you probably shouldn't be making decisions at that time. It will pass. Sometimes it'll pass very quickly, but that's not a time really to be making decisions in life. It's not the time to make decisions and then afterward say, uh, uh, "Oh, Sheikh Hamza, I divorced my wife, or I, you know, uh, quit my job, or I this, or I that, or I the other thing." And then I'll be like, eh. "Who told you to do that?" But the point is, is that this is because of sleep. This is because of sleep that they're not able to pronounce the Quran properly. Um, and if that person, or like for example, he says, a person doesn't know what they're saying, meaning like you start an ayah and you forget which ayah you're in, in the middle of it. That happens, you, sometimes you get that sleepy, like you start an ayah and then you like, kind of like, days out uh, um, in the twilight. I was, I, was on the, I was on the operating table, they cranked me with fentanyl. A little bit of like, you know, a little bit of like uh, Mulana Saab unplugged, the, the, the unofficial story, right? They, they, they cranked me with fentanyl, because the, the, it, it's fentanyl, it's not actually like the, the hard um, anesthesia. So I think it was like a nurse practitioner who was administering it. 
And she said that we gave you one dose, you're completely wide awake. We gave you a second do dose, third dose, because four doses. And the doctor told me like to give him another one because I was like asking him questions, the doctor, while the procedure is going on. And, uh, uh, um, and he's, 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 she says, he's just, he's just looking at me to like give you another one. And I'm like, nope, can't do more than four. Like you're going to kill the guy now, you know? Um, so yeah, but that's, that's, that's what it's supposed to be is twilight that you shouldn't really be able to, like, you shouldn't be asleep, but you're not really able to carry on a conversation or whatever. I read like, mashallah, most of the first Sapara Surah Al-Baqarah, mashallah, on the table. Uh, so but if you get to the point where he gives you the, the fifth dose of fentanyl and you're not able to, then just you can take it easy. That's fine, too. That's fine as well. That person, let them, uh, let them just uh, lay down a little bit. The chapter regarding the, uh, regarding the, uh, the, the preferredness and the belovedness and the recommended recommendedness. These are words they don't really translate properly. But istihbab, uh, something that you seek love from uh, uh, in a very in a very literal morphological sense from the uh, standing and uh, night prayer in Ramadan. And uh, Nawawi is explicit that that, 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 is that is tarawih. That is uh, عن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه أن uh, 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 أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من قام رمضان إيمانا واحتسابا غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه that the person who stands in uh, the night in Ramadan in faith in Allah Taala and hope for a reward from Him that person all, the reward for that is all of their previous sins will be forgiven forgiven and uh, this is a hadith uh, obviously uh, that many people hear again and again in Ramadan and I say it and I mention that this is taraweeh and any, in case anybody says this, you know, uh, crypto Hanafi Mowlisab is like making this up only to pump up their Desi culture. No. No, he agrees with me. And you can accuse him of a lot of things, but you cannot ever accuse him of eating biryani. Not, just never happened. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. وعنه رضي الله تعالى عنه قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يرغب قيام رمضان من غير أن يأمرهم فيه بعزيمة فيقول من قام رمضان and it's a, a narration that is essentially tantamount to the same meaning that the Messenger of Allah said that the Messenger of Allah used to encourage uh, people to stand in the nights of Ramadan in prayer, uh, but he would not order them to as individuals. He would not order them to. Um, and he would say, whoever stands the nights of Ramadan in faith and hope for reward from Allah Ta'ala, uh, uh, that person, whatever sins came from before, they, it will uh, serve as a, as a forgiveness and expiation for them. Obviously still with the condition of Tawbah. بَابُ فَضْلِ الْقِيَامِ لَيْلَةِ الْقَدْرِ وَبَيَانِ أَرْجَ لَيَالِيهَا The chapter regarding uh, praying uh, uh, the night of uh, Qadr and uh, uh, and the uh, explication of which of the nights one should have the most hope for it being. قَالَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةِ الْقَدْرِ وَقَالَ تَعَالَ إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةٍ مُبَارَكَةٍ Allah Ta'ala said in Surah Al-Qadr إِلَىٰ آخِرِ سُورَةِ that indeed we sent it down, يعني للقرآن in the Laylatul Qadr and Allah Ta'ala said in Surah Al-Duqan, indeed we sent it, sent it down in a Mubarak, in a blessed night. When Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, anin Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, qala man qama laylat al-qadri imana wa ihtisaban ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhanbihi muttafaqun alayhi. That said, Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu narrates that from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that whoever stands uh, laylat al-qadr, uh, the night of qadr in iman, uh, in faith and in, in hope for reward from Allah Ta'ala, uh, that person, their uh, sins will be forgiven. Uh, my Shaykh Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he uh, told me before going to America, he said, I know you're going to live in America, there's no massages out there, they're few and far between. They knew, you know, what we would be going to. So he said, at least try to make it to the masjid for, for, for Fajr and for Isha. Because Laylatul Qadr, at the end of the day, it has to be some night of the year, right? 
So even if you could catch that much, that's a big deal. Obviously, you should go like for every one of your five daily prayers. But he goes, if you're in a situation where you can't, at least try to try to catch Fajr and Isha, because uh, some night has to be Laylatul Qadr. There's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu like the, uh, the, the person who prays the Isha and Jama'ah, says if he prayed the stand, stood half the night in prayer, and the person who prays Fajr uh, in Jama'ah, it's as if he stood the other half of the night in prayer. وعن عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنهما أن رجلا من أصحاب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم سوري أن رجالا من أصحاب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أروا ليلة القدر في المنام في السبع الأواخر فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أرى رؤياكم قد طواتأت في السبع الأواخر فمن كان متحريها فليتحرها في السبع في السبع الأواخر متفق عليه سيدنا عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنه عنهما narrated some men from the companions of the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم Ibn Allah mentions that Hafiz ibn Hajar uh, says in his Fatul Bari that I, I haven't been able to find the names of any of them, who they were in particular. If Hafiz, Hafiz ibn Hajar couldn't find them, like, good luck. Some of these people literally were like computers. It's, anyway, so good luck. Um, he, said that, uh, he said that some men from the uh, companions of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam were shown Laylatul uh, Qadr in, in, a, in, a, in a righteous dream. That it's in the last seven nights of Ramadan. So this means that kashf. This means that seeing a true dream. That these are not hocus pocus things. These are things that have a precedent from the Salaf. And the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam's companions saw them, and he confirmed them on it. And more amazingly, he saw that they saw. Uh, and, uh, you know, like we mentioned last time, be a good person, then you can be a good Muslim, be a good Muslim, you can be a good uh, person of knowledge, be a good person of knowledge. If you can complete these three things, then you're at the threshold that whatever other things that you, the, little, the things that you don't understand because of what, by the barakah of what you understood, Allah Ta'ala will show you the things that are unique to you that you need to understand, right? So this is that process in action, that they were shown that it's the last seven nights and so he says, he, he, he said that they were shown the last seven nights, that the, the night of Qadr is from amongst the last seven nights of Ramadan. And so the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, I, I see your visions that you saw this, uh, 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 that they, they all coincide with it being one of the last seven nights. So whoever wishes to make an educated guess uh, with regards to when it, when it should be, let them, let them guess that it will be in the or approximate, uh, approximate that it'll be in the last seven nights. When Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha qalat kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yujawiru fil ashr al-awakhiri min ramadana wa yaqulu taharraw laylat al-qadri fil ashr al-awakhiri min ramadan. Don't worry about it. Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he would Make i'tikaf. Here, mujawara, mujawara here is i'tikaf in the last 10 uh, of Ramadan. And he would say, uh, uh, seek out, uh, reckon that the Laylatul Qadr will be in the last uh, 10 nights of Ramadan. Muttafaqun uh, alayhi. Which is one of the reasons that the i'tikaf is in the last 10 nights. وعنها رضي الله تعالى عنها أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال تحروا ليلة القدر في الوتر من العشر الأواخر من رمضان رواه البخاري and from her رضي الله عنها he said صلى الله عليه وسلم seek out or look for the ليلة القدر in in 
in the odd nights from the last 10 nights of Ramadan. And for whatever reason, I don't understand why Laylatul Qadr has become the night of power. That's Qadr like with the Dal Muharrak. This is like Qalqala, but it's not Tahrik. It's Qadr with the with the sukoon on it. I, I, I feel like this is like a Yusuf Ali translation issue. MashaAllah, God bless him according to his intention. There are a lot better translations and there's no translation that matches up with the Arabic. وعنها رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا دخل العشر الأواخر من رمضان أحيا الليلة وإيقظ أهله وجد وشد المئزر متفق عليه uh, and she also narrates that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, when the last ten nights of Ramadan entered he would give life to the night meaning he would worship Allah Ta'ala in the night and he would wake his family up and he would be uh, very serious and he would tighten his lower garment uh, and uh, this expression of tightening the lower garment, um, the, 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 the commentators, they write that it means one of two or both of two things. One is the Jam'ur uh, Shamal uh, that, that he used to, like, you know, like you gird your loins, like you tight, tighten your belt, meaning you become serious about doing something. You gather your courage and just do it, you know. And the second is that he would not, uh, he would he would he would turn away from the relations that that are had between husband and wife as well uh, in those ten nights. وعنها رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يجتهد في رمضان ما لا يجتهد في غيره والعشر الأواخر منه ما لا يجتهد في غيره. سيد عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها who saw the Rasul صلى الله عليه وسلم from inside the house because who knows you know who knows who's doing what. You know, if you want to know the, the, the real deal about anybody, go visit their, go visit their, uh, you and your wife visit their house with, with uh, you know, th- them and their wife at their house. I promise you, even if it's your best friend for like the last 20 years, you'll learn something about that man that you didn't know from before. Because the two wives are going to talk with each other and you're going to hear something from your wife that she heard from. That's just, it's a thing that happens. Who here has never, has that not happened before from the married public? It happens, right? So say the Aisha radiallahu anha, that's the real deal. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, both in public and in private, that he, uh, uh, that he in Ramadan, when Ramadan came along, he would exert himself uh, in a way that he wouldn't exert himself otherwise, meaning even more. And when the last 10 nights uh, came, he would exert himself in a way that he wouldn't exert himself even in the rest of Ramadan. Wa'anha radiallahu ta'ala anha, qalat, qultu ya Rasulullahi, Raita in Alimtu Aya Laylatin Laylatul Qadri Ma Akulu Fiha Kala Kulillahum Inaka Afun Hibul Afwa Fafu Anni Roah Tirmidhi Wakala Hadithun Hassanun Sahih. And she also narrates that she had said, uh, O Messenger of Allah, uh, do you see uh, if I find out which night is Laylatul Qadr? right? If I know which night is Laylatul Qadr, what more kash do you need if you like live in the same house as the Messenger of Allah Just open your eyes, you'll see so many things. But then again, there are many people who saw him as well and they lived in the same houses, they're still blinded by it, right? Um, it doesn't have to be a miracle either. Sometimes you just have to like not be a fool. Just open your eyes. The amount of karama you'll learn from like a basic lesson of fiqh or aqidah, you don't need to fly in the sky and walk on water for it. At any rate, she said, do you not see, or do you see if if I, I were to know which night Laylatul Qadr was, what should I say in that night? Meaning, what dhikr should I make? What dua should I ask? And she and he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, say, oh Allah, Allahumma innaka afuun. He says, Oh Allah, uh, 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 you are uh, uh, you are the afu. You're the one who forgives such a forgiveness that nothing from the thing being forgiven, no bad effect lingers afterward. 
And this is the intensive siratul mubalagha of that uh, from 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 uh, from afu. So that you are the afu, the one who forgives like this emphatically, and you love that people should forgive like this. Uh, so also in such a way, forgive me. So that's your that's your one shot instead of asking for money or for a car or for this or that you'll get all the rest of it anyway inshallah but this is what you should ask for this is what you should ask for babu fadli siwak fadli siwaki wa fitra so this is the chapter uh, now the topic changes and we're almost done with this third mujallad mashallah inshallah we'll start with the fourth one uh, next time in dars this is the chapter regarding the virtue of the siwak, of the tooth stick, uh, and uh, the virtues of the, the ab- attributes of the fitra, the organic human state. عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لولا أن أشق على أمتي أو على الناس لأمرتهم بالسواك uh, Anhu said that uh, was it not that uh, I felt or feared it would be a, a burden on my ummah or excess hardship on my ummah, I would have commanded them to make siwak, to use a tooth stick and clean their teeth uh, for every for every salat. And so this means that it's a sunnah to actually use the siwak, the tooth stick, for every salat. This is one of those things, I guess people like have like a freak attack. They're like, oh, you're going to look like a villager, everyone's going to hate you. Don't do it, it's actually against deen because it's bad for da'wah, right? Cult of, cult of da'wah. Don't pray in public because it's bad for da'wah. You know, don't grow a beard because it's bad for da'wah. And people say stuff, they're like, you know, just make your beard look a little nice. What do you mean? It is nice. No, 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 but like, you know, people are scared, just cut it a little bit. I said it's already at the minimum length that the fuqaha say it can be. I know there's a difference of opinion about it. That's fine. But I'm just saying like, you know. What does that mean? Oh, it's bad for da'wah. Living your deen is what da'wah is. Da'wah, the word da'wah means like it's a claim. It doesn't mean that you, you know, like it's not taqiyah. It's not like you're supposed to go and like lie to people about Islam being like the happy bunny rabbit that they, you know, that's going to give them an Easter egg or whatever. Right? So... There are a lot of Muslims that have this kind of like, they'll throw up this kind of cult of da'wah type nonsense, but they're just ashamed that, look, we're from backwards, bleep whole countries, right? And I'm wiping my mouth with a stick and it's embarrassing in front of people, okay? What did the Prophet say? If you're going to get fired for your job for using a two stick, don't use it. He literally said, I, I, if I didn't fear that it would be an excess burden on my ummah, I would have commanded them to do it every single... Okay, don't do it then. It's not going to help you like, you know, bag the sales that you need or it's going to cause you problems or you're going to get deported to a different... Then don't do it. It's not farth, right? But this idea that people kind of like look down and then people like, well, you know, brush your teeth with toothbrush. With all due respect, with all due respect, fine. Brushing your teeth is a good thing. Do it. Toothbrush, wonderful. Go toothbrush. There are two sides of this coin. One side is this, is that if you think, if you think for a moment rubbing the inside of your mouth with plastic is good for you, you obviously don't know a whole lot about organic chemistry. You don't know how the economy works. You don't know a lot of different things of why this is actually a bad idea. That toothbrush eventually will just end up getting like you know pumped out of the stomach of like a beached whale somewhere in the ocean or, or somewhere like on somewhere in the an island in the Atlantic or whatever. The beginning of it is bad. The middle of it is bad. The end of it is bad. Whereas, mashallah, a miswak cut from an arak tree has never killed a whale, to my knowledge, right? Biodegradable, organic, right? Carbon neutral. <laughs> But more than that, more than that, you don't have to think about all of these things. You don't have to tune into Freakonomics podcast on NPR. What was sufficient for all of us? This is what the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did. And that's why it's better. If you can't do it, 
if you don't want to do it. That's okay. Don't want to is okay as long as don't want to is not because the Prophet ﷺ did it, but for some other reason. All of us have compulsions at some point or another that like hold us back from being our mashallah, saintly and angelic selves that we all imagine ourselves to be, right? But the idea is what? If you just stuck to that in the first place, that it's the, what the Rasul ﷺ did and it's superior. It causes like, it clears up such a morass of problems. It's the easy solution to all of these things. It solves the, the, all these problems in, um, in such an easy way. And, you know, some of our brothers and sisters, I think the understanding of that is a little bit weak, you know. So that's fine. This is one of the asalib of da'wah is that you make a person love something by telling those things to them that they'll easily hear. But that's not a place to aspire to in your iman. That's a, a place that you begin with. Just like you know, if you want to, uh, if you want to lift weights, you know, you begin with the bar. But you aspire to lift something heavier later. If you want to play, uh, you know, play basketball or whatever, you may not slam dunk the first day, but you should at least like learn to dribble the ball first or whatever it is. You know, you used to see, see spot run. You know, and then later you can read Tolstoy later, right? You shouldn't aspire to that. Uh, um, the aspiration is what that he did it sallallahu alaihi wasallam so ala rasul ain that's that's the way it's supposed to be that's the best way it, it is it, and, and and it can be once in hudayfata radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qala kana nabiy sallallahu alaihi wasallam idha qama min an-nawmi yashusu fahu bis-siwaki wa shawsu ad-dalk sayyidna hudayfata radiyallahu ta'ala anhu uh, uh, he narrates that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam When he would wake from sleep He would rub his mouth with the siwak When Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha Sayyidatina Ummul Mu'minina Qalat kunna nu'idu li Rasulillah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Siwakahu wa tahurahu Fayaba'athuhu Allahu Ma sha'a an yaba'athuhu يبعثه عفوا من الليل فيتسوك ويتوضا ويصلي رواه مسلم سيد عائشه رضي الله تعالى عنها ما شاء الله like uh, such a beautiful hadith she said that we we used to prepare uh, we used to prepare for the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم his siwak and uh, his uh, his tahur, the, 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 the water in the container and all these things that he would uh, that he would that he would uh, perform wudu from uh, and, and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would uh, wake him from his sleep and uh, uh, place him uh, in the worship that he wished to place him in uh, from a part of the night and he would then take that siwak and clean his teeth and he would make wudu and he would pray وعن أنس رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أكثرت عليكم في السواك رواه البخاري سيدنا أنس رضي الله تعالى عنه he said that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said I've mentioned to you uh, much many times uh, uh, about the virtues of using this uh, siwak, using the toothstick to clean your clean your mouth. It's beautiful, mashallah. Rasulullah and his wives would prepare the water of wudu and the siwak uh, for him. Uh, Allah Ta'ala give barakah to uh, people who love each other like that. Make us from amongst them as well. An Shurayh ibn Hani'in qala qultu li Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha بأي شيء كان يبدأ النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا دخل بيته قالت بالسواك رواه مسلم سيد شريح بن بن هاني he mentions ابن زيد الحارثي المذجحي أبي المقدام the حافظ بن حجر said في في التقريب الكوفي ثقة قتل مع ابن أبي بكر بسجستان that he was shaheed in the path of Allah Taala with 
the son of Abu Bakr anhu, which I believe is it's a mention of Abdurrahman, but I'm not 100%. No, not Abdurrahman. I don't know which one it is, to be honest with you. I should walk that back. Um, in the in the conquest of Sijistan, Sijistan is like the southern part of Afghanistan, the northern part of Iranian Balochistan. That was a very difficult place to conquer. It was it was very difficult. It was there's basically tribal idol worshippers lived there, and they fought very hard against the uh, Aslaf, and it was a very difficult place to conquer. So they used Shahid in the path of Allah Taala over there. Uh, he said, I said to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, um, or I asked her, which, how would the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam begin, or what would he do first, I should say, when he entered his home? And uh, she said, radiallahu ta'ala anha, that he would first use his siwak which is maybe a good reminder for all of us as well um, when Abi Musa radiallahu ta'ala anhu al-ash'ari qalad dakhaltu ala nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa tarafu siwaki ala lisanihi muntafaqun alayhi wa hadha lafzu muslim that Sayyidina Abu Musa al-ash'ari radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that I once entered upon the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and part of the, the, the siwak was on his t- Mubarak tongue, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And then Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqala siwaku. Matharatun lilfami wa mardatun lilrabbi. Rawahu al-Nasa'iyu. Wa ibn Khuzaymata fi sahihihi bi asanida sahihatin. وذكر البخاري رحمه الله تعالى في صحيحه هذا الحديث تعليقا بصيغة جزم فقال وقالت عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها سيد عائشة رضي الله عنها narrates that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said that the siwak is مطهرة it's the it's Purification and purity for, uh, for for the mouth, meaning it makes the mouth a clean place. And it is mardatun, and it's something that makes the Lord pleased. Lirabbi tabarak wa ta'ala, that makes the Lord pleased. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, Allah ta'ala is pleased with cleanliness and the habits of the angels. They're ashraf, they have a higher and more noble uh, station than that of animality. So if you need to eat and drink, go ahead. If you need to use the bathroom, go ahead. If you need to have relations with your spouse, go ahead. But that's not the state that a person should be in all the time. Rather, those are things that people should do, and they should have some time where they're not like that, where you're in the angelic state, which is like, I don't know, coming to like Riyadh Salahim Darsh and things like that, right? But we should spend time like that. We should have spaces that we go to like that. Um, otherwise, it starts to mess with your mind. It starts to make you, your mind and with your uh, nafs also, it starts to make it kind of animal-like. When Sayyidina Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu anin nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala al-fitratu khamsun aw khamusun aw khamsun min al-fitra afwan, this is a typo. Aw khamsun min al-fitrati al-khitanu wal-istihdadu wa taqlim al-adhfari wa natfu al-ibiti wa qasu al-sharibi متفق عليه والاستحداد حلق العانة وهو حلق شعر الذي حول الفرج سيدنا أبو هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه he narrates that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said the fitra the original and organic natural human state has five five characteristics or five things are from the fitra uh, the first is khitan, uh, which is uh, uh, which is uh, uh, what happens when a boy is born. Circumcision. Circumcision. I don't know why that 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 word skipped me for a second. I actually was talking to uh, one of the ulama about it. And that that's you know, there's like a whole target 
targeted hit against circumcision. It's not really here in America. I guess for in America for some time, actually, a lot of Christians would do it, but that's not their custom in Europe. And so uh, uh, in Europe, it's like actually outlawed in, or it's outlawed in certain localities, and there's a movement to completely outlaw it 100%. Um, but this is part of what? It's part of fitrah. It's part of fitrah, and there's you know all that data about like you know actually STDs spread more by the by the uncircumcised. Obviously, not committing zina will help control that even better than circumcision. But the point is, is that it's you know it's 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 something that there's there's khair, there's benefit in it. And uh, the first one is the circumcision, and the Quraysh. Interestingly enough, because what happens there's this whole like huge clan of Orientalists, right? They're like, oh, well, some of them don't even believe the Prophet ever existed, which is like the Kaabas and Crown Point Indiana level of Orientalism. That's actually, they take that seriously. I don't know why anybody thinks getting an Islamic studies degree for any reason having to do with Islamic studies is a good idea, but let's just put that to the side for a second, right? There's then the next daraja of, 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 of Khabis Orientalists, right, which are like, well, The Prophet ﷺ, from my side, he obviously made this religion up and he fabricated a connection to Christianity and Judaism and he's just copying. And this whole idea of, you know, Quraysh being descended from Ismail ﷺ, this is complete misappropriation and he just kind of made this up and they really aren't actually the descendants of whatever and this and that, right? The Quraysh were all circumcised. I mean, it was known to the Arabs. Circumcision was known to the Arabs. Uh, uh, and so, like, where does that come from? Right? God knows how many centuries of popes weren't circumcised, right? So who's the one who's actually making the false claim back to the Anbiya, Allah knows best, right? I realized as I made that claim that there's no way of checking, nor do I want to check. So <laughs> you can strike that from the from the record. Don't get in a fight with like the next Catholic you meet or whatever about it. Okay. Um, the the second is what is istihdad again the to to use a to use a razor, uh, um, and meaning what meaning to shave a person's private parts. With uh, taqlim al al to cut your nails. Don't grow long nails. Um, and this applies to the women just as much as it applies to, to the men. Um, and when not for ibit, that uh, a person should pluck or remove the hair of their, uh, of the, under their arms, uh, and that a man should trim his mustache so it doesn't come over his lips. There are two more hadiths left. I know we're over time if you give permission so we can complete the mujallad if someone has to leave inshallah that's fine when say the aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha qad qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ashrun min al-fitrati qasu al-sharibi wa i'fa'u al-lihyati wa siwaku wa istinshaqu al-ma'i wa qasu al-adhfari wa ghasu al-barajimi wa natfu al-ibiti wa halqu al-anati wa intiqasu al-ma'a قال الراوي نسيت العاشرة إلا أن تكون المضمضة قال وكيع وهو أحد روايته انتقاص الماء يعني الاستنجاء رواه مسلم Sayyidatuna Sayyida, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she narrates with Barajimu, Bilba Muahadati, Waljimi, here Ukadul Asabiri. Where Fa'ul Lehiati, Ma'nahu Layakusu Minha Shayan. Take a look real quick. So that... And so, uh, um, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that ten, ten traits are from the fitrah, from the original and organic nature of a human being. 
they are uh, to uh, trim the mustache and to l let the beard grow. And Nawawi rahimullah ta'ala, despite being a Shafi'i and despite being the one who made the tarjih that in the Shafi'i madhab as opposed to the other four schools that it's makruh and not haram to uh, uh, to trim the beard less than a, a fist length, in fact including shaving it, right? But he himself wrote in his note at the end of it that the i'fa'ul lihya that's mentioned here by the Prophet wasallam, that's from the fitrah, is to, is, is to not, not cut it. To not cut it, and that the that to trim the, the mustache and to not cut the beard. Irfa is has the same grammatical or sort of the same morphological root as afu, right? Allah forgives and doesn't leave anything behind. Is you let the beard go, you say, oh, it's like you just let it go. Um, although that's not literally there, that's not what the dictionary, the lexical meaning is, but morphologically, that's what that's what it, what it points to. Um, Uh, was siwak and to use the tooth stick to clean a person's teeth. Uh, uh, to clean the the nostrils by sniffing the water up the uh, up the nose to and then istinthar is to blow it out. Uh, and to trim one's nails and to uh, wash the, uh, the, 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 the 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 joints of the fingers and uh, uh, to uh, shave the private parts. And to uh, use uh, uh, right here, intiqasul ma, bilqafu sal. Yani is to uh, is to make istinja. Uh, and uh, uh, um, to wash a person's self after using the bathroom, so that you don't have to get into fist fights uh, for toilet paper the next time. There's a pandemic. Right, uh, and that's just the least of the benefits. Um, it's, I know, I know we're over time. Mustaji Mulana Hassan, he actually in Bayan so many times uh, because he's been to Europe before. He goes, "Mere Aziz, Taliban lagta ki unko istinja karna aata bhi nahi hai. Pata nahi jisam ke saath boo lagi rehti hogi." It's true. I mean, like when you say it like that, it kind of sounds weird, but it's it's just true, right? He says that Ghaliban, it seems the most probable that they don't even know how to make istinja. And I don't know how a person can walk around with a stink like attached to their body the whole day. You know? Aslim Taslim, you know? Say La ilaha illallah and Tuflihu, be successful, be happy. So that these things are these things are uh, these things are from the from the fitrah. And the last narration, inshallah, before the Closing of this mujallad um, by Allah's fadl, inshallah. Then we'll have one out. Of, we'll be done with three out of four, inshallah. We'll have one, inshallah. When the fourth one is done, inshallah, we'll slaughter a we'll slaughter a cow and have a big barbecue or or a big party or something. And if it's not in the summer, if it's in the winter or whatever, summer will front the money to book shalimar and uh, we'll have a big big party, inshallah. Right? It, that's a bid'ah. It's a bid'ah. You don't have to have a party when you finish a book of hadith, right? So don't consider it part of a deen or part of the deen, right? If someone reads, finish Riyadh Salihin and doesn't have a party, don't look down on them, right? Otherwise, it would become a bid'ah. But on the flip side, if you're going to celebrate something, you know, it's better than Christmas and not, not trying to be mean, but it's better than your birthday too, you know? <laughs> وعن سيدنا عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أحف الشوارب وأعف اللحى أو اللحى متفق عليه and from the hadith of Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar رضي الله تعالى عنه from the Nabi صلى الله عليه وسلم he said he said trim the trim the the mustaches and uh, here, أحفو يعني ما طال منها على الشفرتين It means to like, like completely get rid of it. So Ibn Allan mentions, right? Because that's why you see some of the Hanafi, uh, Hanafis use this narration as kind of a proof for like, you know, kind of the uh, Abraham Lincoln style. That you have a beard with no mustache, right? It's Illinois, so I guess, the, or if, I don't know, right? We'll leave that for the Facebook fuqaha, inshallah. That's not really a thing. Uh, but but in the Hanafi school, yes, they, they you know, Tahawi is, 
his opinion is that that's why you should basically like cut it down all the way to the point of like almost shaving, like to the point where there's no difference in that. Malik rahimahullah considered it to be uh, makru to do that. That the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, the aslaf in Medina, they all had mustaches. It's not like they, they, they didn't like they didn't completely obliterate the mustache. So it's considered to be makru. So Ibn Alan, at any rate, he says that the the way he interprets it is that the the ihfa is what goes over the lip, not the rest of the mustache. Um, and and وَأَعْفُ الْلُحَى that uh, that you should grow out uh, that you should uh, grow out the luha وَالْلُحَى وَالْلِحَى بِالْكَسْرِ وَالْضَمِّ لُغَتَانِ both of them are correct. وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى وَسَلَّمَ عَلَى سَيِّدِ مُحَمَدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ Allah Taala save us protect us on the fitrah. It's a time that the fitrah is like really under assault in so many ways. Why I mention it right now? The freak show is happening around you. You all know what's going on, right? If somebody is assaulted by some part of the, the fitrah that's been robbed from you or that's been lost, don't despair. As long as you still recognize it in your heart, still there's khair in it for you. Once it leaves your heart, it doesn't matter if you're a heterosexual male with like a seven foot long beard and a shaven mustache. It doesn't matter once it's gone from your heart, but you think all this other weird stuff is okay, uh, then, 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 then you're up the creek without a paddle. But if you're in a, in a difficult position that some part of this age has disfigured you, you're not disfigured with Allah Ta'ala as long as you, as long as you hold what's right to be right and what's wrong to be wrong. Sallallahu ta'ala Rasulullah Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.